You're listening to a Talent Miles Talks podcast produced by Talent Miles, the company using digital approaches to create more dialogue and learning in teams and faster change in companies. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, very welcome. I, I have the, the, the privilege to, to wish you all welcome. This is Talent Miles, Miles Talks uh, session which doesn't mean as such, the, the, the name doesn't mean that much, but it's a, it, 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 let it stand for a, for a, for a, a series of, of, of discussions we have had since about last April when, when something hit the fan when it comes to the, 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 the virus all over the, uh, over the world. And, and we have had uh, fantastic discussions with different, many, quite a few researchers and, and, and Today is not an exception, exception there, but, but even more thinkers and exceptional people in the, in the sense that they have actually have ideas. And we have tried to, to lighten up the situation, whether it is Kamos in Lapland or in just in, one can have that in, in any place, uh, regardless of, the, of, of, of what it looks like outside. So the, the need to really just be inspired by ideas and have something to think about. I say very welcome, Henrik Rumgren, and the reason for, for meeting you and, 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 and triggering this particular discussion is that you have a, have a new book out, Play It Well, Strategies for Digitally Disruptive Times. And, and with a name like that, can you lose, uh, I suppose. I mean, uh, the, 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 the disruption is a, is a topic that everybody has heard of, uh, people need to sort of know what it means in their work most of us somehow work with with where at least hear it there's another and that we are going to touch on in this discussion is the another d is the digitalization that is goes with goes with disruption uh, in special ways that you will help us understand uh, better and hello everybody who is also, uh, who, who is meeting 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 us here today? Hello, I say to my my colleague Ralph Blumquist, who is a, a, a specializing in in context uh, context uh, focused. Should I say that or context driven marketing, sort of customer insight and customer understanding? Would that be a that's an amateurs leadership amateurs discussion uh, presentation of you, Ralph? I'm good with that. Henry. You're, you're good with that. Um, yeah. We have agreed the, the, the following setup. I am going to be the, 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 the maker of stupid questions here with my, my I, I am the closest one to more of leadership and, 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 and education type of, of topics. Uh, the topic of disruption is in extremely central and important to all change, all, all transformation that is is going on in 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 the workplace, uh, all workplaces today. So, Ralph will 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 uh, drive the questions, and then we will uh, have a, a, a discussion that ensues. Uh, I will also let you know if you feel like hanging around after uh, at at, at uh, in in about an hour when we finish. Please stay for the. For the for the unofficial debriefing session that follows, those of you who have have joined us here 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 today, we will package all of this into a not the briefing session that is 
we've packaged the rest into a podcast and it will be sent out to a number of people there's about uh, 50ish people who have said that they want to want to receive also this 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 podcast so uh, we will look forward to to that ralph that's your cue thanks bo um, Nice to see you all. Uh, nice to see you, Hendrik, and 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 of course, a big great pleasure to talk about your book and and, and your thoughts. Uh, look, I know you well enough to to know that you've spent quite a lot of time on on researching disruption and 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 even living disruption in your professional life. I mean, as a as a as a professor and and as a researcher and teacher at the Royal Institute of Technology, you're you're in the midst of disrupting higher education as we speak. So so my first question to you is really, why did you choose to write a book on the music industry when you wanted to approach disruption? Is there any particular reason for that? Yeah, there. Well, it was and is. Yes, uh, actually. Uh, the starting point was that I was asked to write it. So, I mean, if people ask you to do something, you better do it. <laughs> and so I did. Now, what happened was, as you, as you know, I've been spending quite a lot of years on this. And at a growing amount, every time I did, it didn't matter if it was in education, professionally, in consulting or whatever, uh, the music industry came up. Uh, uh, and my opinion was that it was a rather superficial way it came up because uh, and I think I can show that pretty well in the book uh, the music industry the case of the music industry to me it is a guinea pig this book is not about the music industry the music industry is the guinea pig yeah. I'm actually far more interested in other industries than the music industry so I only use it two things is, is very striking. First of all, disruption is misunderstood. Uh, simple example of that. Um, nearly every time you hear somebody talk about the music industry being disrupted, uh, they either explicitly or implicitly tell you that EMI and Warner and Sony and all the big ones did, did a fundamental mistake and implicitly they were idiots. If you dig into it, uh, you will realize that of course, they were aware of what was happening. A great case of that is actually EMI that in the middle of this chaos actually employed the, the head of technology at Google. They recruited one of the most well-qualified person in this area in order to fix it, but they didn't. <laughs> so it's, it's misunderstood and that's one thing I, I'd like to help out with. And secondly, there are so many details, which is tremendously interesting that nobody, nobody talks about. Um, the company Cobalt, for instance, actually far older than Spotify, actually Swedish, but very few people in Swedish don't, don't, don't even know that they exist and they're a billion dollar company and they are extremely important for Spotify in existing. So I, I decided, okay, if, if they want me to write it, I write it. And then I spent a year on it. And I digged pretty hard. And of course, there's a lot of things already written about the music industry, but not in this way. You either get some kind of short story about the music industry being disrupted, 
in a book about disruption, or you find biographies. I mean, there's a lot of music people that have written about artists, record labels, managers, technology, whatever. So um, I think I've done something that was needed. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, and of course we're happy with it. And, and, and of course everybody has a relationship in some kind to music. So, so from that perspective, I think it's a great idea. It's, it certainly makes the, the topic accessible and, and relatable. Yeah. And also the, using analogs, I would say, is, is a very powerful tool, as we know, for, for learning. So, so, so yeah. I, I've been, since I read your book, Hendrik, I've been just walking around. Uh, well, when all you have is a hammer or Hendrik's book, every problem becomes a nail. Uh, <laughs> so so I've, been, I've been seeing analogous situa analog situations to the music industry all over the place. Yeah, and yeah, and that's another reason for being interested in the music industry. It's the best case ever so far when it comes to digital disruption. There is no other case uh, as representative as this one. And, and one major reason is it's already played out. In media, it hasn't played out yet. So, so it's possible to analyze it seriously. Right. In, in a lot of the other industries, we're just in the middle of it. So it's a useful yeah. tool. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Look, I, I thought we'd, we'd commence with, with try to eat sort of the, the disruption elephant piece by piece. I mean, a lot's been said on the systemic level about what disruption is all about, but I, I, I think digging into some, some sort of details of it or some perspectives of it might, might give us a, a newest idea that, that might give us some takeaways also from our, our sort of personal or, or from the perspective of our own industry. Uh, so the first issue I want to raise you in the book, you talk about disruption as a, as a process where things start to get messy. And I, I, I certainly like the idea of mess or the notion of mess as something that's happening. And of course, in the music industry, you had actors like Napster or Pirate Bay or iTunes that or Spotify that apparently at first seemed a bit odd and peculiar and, and I assume that nobody really cared about but all of a sudden something happened but what, what I'm curious about is what, what are sort of the early warning signals of mess and, and do you have any thoughts on how, how can you see mess and where should you look is it with with the consumer, the customer, or with, is it within technology or is it with the competition? Mm. I know, well, we all, we, all of us can see mess when, when we're in it, <laughs> right? We know it's messy. So you wanna know how it looks before it becomes messy. Yeah. And I mean, way before messy, it's very quiet. So there's something in between and that's, I guess, what you're looking for. and. I try to pinpoint what's, I mean, you, you can never be 100% sure on anything about future, that's for sure, but, but you can increase the likelihood of hitting the nail and you can increase it heavily. For instance, if you look on what I call bad solutions, which is quite fun to say since it's not good solution, but bad solutions, and in the corner of your business, I mean, the music industry, where did, it, where did, where did the big things start? Actually, at my own technical universities, they were the early adopters of, of streaming. Nobody cared. And <laughs> here's a funny detail about that, not even I. 
and actually not even them. I met the head of technology at Spotify when they were really young. He never claimed it was a serious project. He called it a skunk work. <laughs> so he never told me and I did not really ask about it. it. Took some years later and then I realized, oh, big mistake. <laughs> so in the corner of the business, it never starts in the center of the business. Change never starts in the center of what you have. It comes to the corner, always, yeah. always. So look at the customers in the corners. Yep. Uh, you, can, you can see signs of it when you see sales dropping, of course. But that's, uh, I have a small story about that in, in, in the book. I mean, when I stopped buying CD records and went for streaming, or if I perhaps pirated for a bit in between or something like that, how, how would the record stores have known? The only thing they could have known is that there is a sales drop. But why was that sales drop? I mean, I could have died. I could have stopped listening to music at all. How would they know? And secondly, if it just was me, how would they care? How would they care? And then suddenly hundreds of people do that. Then you need to start caring. And then you have to look. That's the thing. You have to look rather deep. You cannot see this. It, Sales statistics will never show you when this comes until it's too late. So what, what I'm essentially hearing, and I'm, I'm, I'm echoing a mutual friend of ours, Fredrik Lagergren, who also used to be at the Royal Institute. He, he often talks about change emerging at the fringes at first. So it, it looks strange and it's seemingly unimportant and, and all of a sudden becomes mainstream. But when it is mainstream, it's probably too late to react. Would, would you sort of echo that opinion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's unique with a disruptive process is, is for instance, speed. If it was a, a process that took something like 50 years, no problem, we could manage, right? But this one, when it takes off, it really takes off. It goes fast. And then it's yeah. too late if you see it too late. You've got to see it in the early stage. Yeah. So, yes. And since it's in the corner of the business, it's, it's a lot of obscure cases. I have, and, and yeah, music industry is a very good case of that. But you could take another one. Ryanair is actually my favorite when it comes to obscure things. You could read about Ryanair existing in nearly all global airline annual reports for decades as an obscure little crazy case. And if you, you can actually go back in time and look at their annual reports, which, and they are really obscure. They look like a comic book. You shouldn't take that seriously, right? And then when, they were one of the early ones to sell tickets online, which was really obscure at that time. And seriously, that website was built by two students. Who does not buy an airline ticket today online? It's not an obscure thing anymore, but it, it's a, there you really can see how, how things are perceived because it doesn't fit to the normal pattern. So I don't think you should see it as obscure. You should see your existing structure as obscure. Do you think Ryanair wanted to look obscure and, and wanted to look cheap or peculiar or amateurish, or was it just a byproduct of, of being in a hurry or not having the, the resources or the competencies? Well, if you look on, on the guys who's been running it, I would say it was 
not 100% an analytical idea, a consequence of, of trying to play rookie, uh, being the wild card, wanting to be the wild card, and it fitted fairly well to their style. Uh, but I mean, the website, creating web sales for, for, for airline ticket, it, it was not just a marketing thing, it was a serious thing. They knew this would evolve. They were just a bit early. So a little bit of both, I guess. It's a way to be seen on the market, of course. <laughs> Ryan and Eric done quite a lot of things in that way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Look, when we talk about disruption, chances are that we'll quite immediately also get into the notion of, of digitalization and digital transformation. I, I just wanted to hear your your five cents on, on the relationship between these two. So is, is digitalization always a necessity and a driver of, of disruption or, or how do you see the relationship between these two? No, it's not. If anyone say that this happened because of technology, they're wrong. They're dead wrong. Uh, technology is only one out of several parameters needed for this to happen. And, and by the way, technology has never changed anything. It's people that utilize technology that change the things, which is a big, big, important difference. So it's not even on technology as such, but of course technology is important, but I mean, disruption didn't start with digitalization. If we go back in time, we could find a lot of cases of that. Schumpeter's favorite case is stagecoaches versus railways, which is a rather good case actually. Yeah. But, but there is a reason, I, I think, why, why at this moment disruption has become more or less uh, equal to saying digital. And that's because of what technology, digital technology can do. It's an unusually interesting technology compared to other technologies. But it doesn't have to be about that, no. But, but it's a good trigger. I, I describe it in a book as stolen from another colleague, Martin Wendel, and that it's more like a combination lock. You cannot open a combination lock with just one digit. You have, you, and in this case, I think you've got to have at least four. Technology is one. Business model is another one. Customer preferences, they have to change. And that is extremely important. Not least if we want to figure out why some industry have not disrupted yet at this moment. And fourth is about new actors needed. So it's a combination lock. That's the way, that's the, the, the role of, of technology here. Interesting. L looking at how this is playing out right now, taking the, the combination lock metaphor, which one of the numbers or the digits is getting less attention than it should have? My, my, my prejudiced idea is that we talk too much about digitalization and look too little at some of the other combinations. Uh, you, you, you mean what factors, which is most interesting thing, yep. uh, customer preferences, without doubt, not technology, but, but this mirrors my brain and my way to, to getting into this field. I spent quite a lot of time on technology. So, how, <laughs> so how perhaps. Could you open that customer preferences a little bit? What, what would be sort of the easy? Okay, take my favorite case, education. Why has not education disrupted yet? It should have, without doubt. Everything is there. One parameter is lacking. Customer preferences have not changed yet. 
old people like us tell our sons and daughters to go to an established university. Industry tell <laughs> young uh, talented people to go to university and uh, study buddy friends and, and uh, siblings tell them to go to university. But there's no reason. Everything, everything, everything when it comes to education is open for a tremendously big race of disruption. But it hasn't happened yet. And technology is there, new business models are there, new actors are already there, but still it doesn't happen. It's a very good case, as I see it, where, where uh, when people will, will wake up and, and tell the students not to go to university, then it's going to start happening. And that will happen. So I think that's a good case. Uh, it's not that many industries where I think technology is the problem for this to become at this moment. Technology is pretty ready already. Not in the car industry, for instance, yet. Their, their technology is not good enough yet. The cars kill too many people. The self-driving cars, still. So it, it, it depends. But if I would, would put, at this moment, my, my, my brain power in one specific parameter, it's about customers, customer preferences. But, but it also mirrors the way I have spend time on this topic. I know quite a lot about technology. So it depends on who you ask, I think. I think I know what technology can do. Was yep. that an answer or? Absolutely, yeah. yes. No, no, that's absolutely good. And I'm, I'm just sitting here uh, translating your, 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 uh, your finance, finance is another good case of that. Yeah. Why does the big banks exist? It's actually a, a pure mystery. Take the big banks in the Nordic countries. They have something like 15,000 employed. They would actually not need more than maybe 1,000 in order to run their system. They're extremely inefficient. And, and technology for, for new financial companies is already around and there's already huge amounts of startups. So why has this industry not fully disrupted yet? Because customers don't care yet. Yet. Yeah. But, but in the music industry, the customer preferences changed fairly rapidly. That's why it happened there. Does, does that have anything to do with the music industry being, a, for many people, a high involvement product or service? A lot of people like music. It, it shapes their identity in a way that, that my credit card perhaps doesn't. Does that play into the equation? Yeah, perhaps. I, I try to see it a little bit like water. You know, when water pours down a, a hill, it goes in a certain way. It takes the easiest way out, right? goes around the rocks for a while. It takes the easiest way out. And disruption more or less started off where it was pretty easy to do it. And music industry was pretty easy compared to other industries where they're bigger rocks. And then the, it becomes more and more water and the more water it becomes then it's gonna move the bigger, 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 bigger stones. And now we're getting closer to, to industries, which is a bit more difficult to change. Healthcare, yeah. uh, car industry, finance. Um, so it was easier. And of course, customer preferences was one reason. The second one is it was a, long, a lot of young people who decides what's gonna happen in the music industry. And then they change their preferences faster than older people. 
uh, it's not that capital intense. It's not that heavily regulated by governments. Uh, it's e fairly easy to break a monopoly. There's a lot of reasons. But there is a reason why it happened in the music industry. And it hasn't happened yet in banking. But it will. No, it's, presumably. Like, it's like asking Elon Musk, why, why the why on earth did you go for car industry and space? It's yeah. not the easiest industries to start off with. I, I guess he would say that no, you're right, but it's far easier than going for mining at this yeah. moment. Yeah. And music is already done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now look, I, I guess we've all all been involved in in quite a few development initiatives in, in numerous industries. I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm looking at Bo and some of the other participants here, where clearly disruption is, is happening or on the verge of happening. Uh, news media, for instance, even banking to some extent or financial services, at least retail. And, and by and large, everybody can see it. I mean, the, the, the numbers are there when you look at how, how individuals behave even how leaders behave in their private lives, they're disrupting their own behavior. And still many companies and many, many steering committees and many executives are fairly slow to react to, to disruptive ideas or, or disruption happening. Do you agree? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, it doesn't, by definition, have to be like old established actors going bankrupt, like several of them have done in the music industry. It doesn't have to be like that, and there are exceptions. But in average, you can see that the old actors are <laughs> getting into trouble. And why do they do that? I spent quite a lot of time on that, trying to figure out, but I think it's about it's about perception, but, but also about uh, what structures support you to do. You have an established system that runs pretty well based on something. And then that suddenly changes. And, and the point is, disruption is a completely new world. I think that's important to understand. It's not fine tuning. It's not about business development or productivity or anything like that. It's about creating a fundamentally new world. And that doesn't happen. How, how many of us have been into a fundamentally new world over our lifetime? It's a once in a lifetime to a lot of people. So it's really a new thing. And of course, then it takes time to, to, to frame it mentally. And to a lot of established actors, the paradigm is our industry is going to be stable. Stability is the starting point and, and major change is the exception. And then if you have stability in your head, everything you see confirms stability and you're looking for stability and you see the signs of stability and you can, can get statistics on stability. Everything says this will not happen. Uh, and then when it finally happens, that's when it becomes messy because then it messes up our head how to frame it. And then afterwards we... We agree that that was great. And then we forgot that we were against it or something. Zoom at this moment is an extremely good case of that. Most people still cling on to the old idea of meeting, not to the new way of meeting. So it's about perception. 
as I see it. And that's a training thing. My guess, refugees in average are better than uh, Nasdaq CEOs on this, simply because they've experienced a new world. <laughs> Hendrik, I have a question on that. That I mean, in the the, the a, 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 a simplification of of the development to an to an amateur in in terms of thinking thinking disruption or uh, certainly thinking about technology. The um, what tends to happen in is a concentration. I mean, what we see now with Spotify in the music industry, and 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 and, and grant you, there's there are things things happening there. There's Netflix in in in, in on another part of that. There are the the the, the giants of, of Facebook and the 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 the, the, the Amazon, Amazon. Not to speak of Amazon. Uh, yeah. So just uh, I suppose a, sort of a little of a Philosophical, for me, philosophical question is: if if the if the, the the leaders of the world and there's quite a few of them right now thinking that they want to they want to 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 this to to chop up Amazons of the world. I mean, the yeah. Facebook, Google, they they become too big. They want to split them into two. I, I heard. Uh, Scott Galloway of, of New, New York University, who just released a book on COVID, where he says that what 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 definitely should happen. And this guy is a marketing professor, so so for whatever it whatever it means, he he said that that they should split. The, the best thing you could do now for for mankind is to split up these companies because they will be, if I understood it right, they will become more creative uh, also. So. I'm thinking see, instead of having one time creation and you split it up into three small companies with only a few billion of turnover, uh, they will become three times that, 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 that creative. Now, my question, is that, is that disruption also? When, no, when, no, when, no, when it's somebody not comes and, it's, and it's a consequence of disruption. And it's a <laughs> but but but, but, the, but the but but the, the structure will change, and there will be a new world order. I grant you, there is a big question. I, I want to see someone split up Amazon, for instance, because Amazon is not an, a United States phenomenon anymore, long since. So it's very it would be very interesting to see how they would actually go about splitting up something that is in UK and in Finland and in Sweden and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, I'm not a prime minister, and I'm not UN, and I'm not the globe. But, but here's a couple of things. I could actually have told you ten years ago that we would have this discussion about splitting up Amazon. I could have told you that ten years ago, and I actually did, but nobody cared. How could I know? How could I know that? Not because I'm talented, because I, but because I've understood how this process is played out. And it's very similar to when we broke up AT&T once upon a time or Standard Oil in the early 90s. It's, it, it was expected that it, it would evolve. It was also expected actually 10 years ago that Amazon would get into that position at the time where most people were laughing on, on this bookstore, which is quite fun, right? So we, over 10 years period, have, have gone from laughing on a phenomena to consider it so important that governments need to cut it up. Uh, I'm not defending Amazon as they are, and I'm not defending the idea of cutting it up. 
my guess is we will cut it up. Sure. But, 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 but I don't think know. that is disruption. That's a consequence of what happens after disruptive periods. And that is new players get a strong position. And the ones who see the early phase of that get really a strong position. And Amazon has managed that. And I don't think there will be, if you cut up Amazon in, in five pieces, I don't think you will see a, a fundamentally new world evolving. To me, that's fine tuning. But then maybe I have to explain a little bit what, what I mean by disruption. Disruption to me is seriously a different world. To you, it wouldn't matter if you go to four sites to buy stuff online or one. And if prices go up and down, it's not a fundamentally new world for you. Uh, for a prime minister, it could be a fundamental difference. Uh, but that's not disruption, as I said. It's a, it's a natural consequence of what happens. Very good. We've Thanks. had that over and over and over when new technologies change the name of the game. Standard Oil, AT&T. We probably will get, it, will get it when it comes to space industry in a couple of decades from today. Then somebody is going to suggest to split up if it's going to be SpaceX or somebody else. But, but I, I suppose, Henrik, my, what I take from that is is am I to understand then that there's nothing, not necessarily anything automatical in 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 disruption leading to one monolith of of, of like on, like Amazon for just for whatever another example. So so that it it, it doesn't I mean there's no law that that necessarily leads to that. It's not my net absolute necessity. It, well, even though I mean the examples where, uh, where, where, where the more decentralized disruption uh, consequences of this or disruption, I, I can't think of them easily now. But maybe I'm just not. Uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, no, you're, you're right. It, it's not a law in the sense of yeah. it doesn't work like gravity. Yeah. I mean, gravity is a law. Uh, it doesn't matter what we do; it's still going to yeah. be around. Okay. You know, we're talking about human systems. Yeah. And, and on the surface, we, we might feel that, oh, this is like a law, this will happen, but not, not necessarily, but, yeah. but there are patterns. But wouldn't you, say, wouldn't you say, for then, Henrik, that, that, that because of the, that it, it has, it, there are so many bad track records, if you like, of of that the the it scares the hell and uh, of, of uh, out of people i mean in in the in the group that is here now i can recognize at least a couple of people that that are in in public the public sector of municipalities and and working with 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 with, with well with with, with with municipalities and 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 to, to talk about disruption in in that sense uh, immediately leads to thinking about uh, healthcare being disrupted, education being disrupted, which automatically leads to bigger, bigger uh, uni, sort of, well, sort of uh, all encompassing big co co companies, uh, uh, global companies that will lead the whole, the, the, the work. So I'm, I'm just thinking when it, when it comes to what, what, why, the, why disruption uh, is more interesting to, to to others. It might have to do with the, the, the track records of, of of disruption over the past ten years, or or maybe fifteen even. Oh yes, so, but, I mean, but it, it was just a comment more than a question there, really. No, no, but I mean it. It is interesting if we look on the Nasdaq 
top 10 list, the names of the companies there and compared to 20 years ago, we could easily say that this is a pretty big phenomenon <laughs> to make an understatement. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And the early ones that most of us did laugh on 20 years ago is nowadays the new rulers. Yes. Um, but, and, and I fully respect the national idea of regulating them and cutting up them in pieces. I would not vote against it. No, no, no. It's, but, but I'm mainly a business person. I'm not a politician. Okay. Business-wise, business -wise, I think the ones that start off by saying, I think Amazon is terribly bad are interesting people. And there are quite a lot of people who say that. Meaning, for, from a customer point of view, Amazon is not good enough. I'm going to outperform them. I met quite a lot of people like that. They are interesting. <laughs> and of course, there's a lot of things which Amazon is terribly bad at. So, yeah, it's very likely that they are going to be disrupted in a couple of decades ahead. So, That's social disruption. How about? Social. Wow. There, there's something. There's a topic for the new book. Ralph, do you have a better question? I, I, I feel I'm overextending my crazy, stupid questions. Yeah, you were just supposed to say hi and leave it to Osmo, but that's the yes. way it goes. Yeah, yes. We forgive you, so no worries. No, but it's interesting <laughs> to think about social disruption. Isn't that what's happening right now? I know, Henrik, we, we talked about the travel industry the other day for mm. a bunch of Russians, if I remember it correctly. Mm. And, and, and the idea that we presented was really that, that, okay, travel is being disrupted as we speak due to COVID and due to whatnot. But it, it's not that the industry is shrinking as such. I mean, as consumers, we, we spend a lot of time, energy, emotions, resources, and even money on travel, despite the fact that we're not going anywhere in the sense that we used to. So what we do by means of travel, we, we travel locally, we travel emotionally, we travel virtually, and we travel imaginatively. But the money doesn't go to, to Scandinavian airlines or to Finnair or to the Hiltons or, or the sort of established actors in the world. They're going to well, for instance, two, two, I think, American women who, who ran a virtual tour on Facebook the other week where I had a couple of friends attending. So they went on a virtual guided tour from Pompeii down to, I think, Positano along the Amalfi Coast. About half a million people interested and some 50,000 people attending that particular session. Pretty and, you could, and you could argue that's just... You know, it's just a flash in the pan and this will go away and it's just because people can't go anywhere. Interestingly enough, none of the established travel agencies or, or travel companies were at all involved in this. And I think they're just probably sitting on the sideline now and thinking, well, this is too small for us. This will go away. People will start flying again or, or, or living in hotels. But the scary thing is that I think quite a, quite a few of these established companies don't even see this happening. What do you think? I remember when my wife, who works in ICT consulting, came home with once upon a time with a list, literally, of 100 new programming names. Which one should they care about? I haven't still got it, but I remember that on the list there was something called Linux, <laughs> and then there was something called Giraffe. Some of it vanished and some of it became important. So the big question is, out of the 100, which one should I seriously care about? Yeah. And I think 
we, we need to take one step further than just making the list of 100. I mean, in this case, call the people that actually utilizes that guide and ask them, why did they do it? Would they like to do it again? Uh, do they talk to their friends about it so it spreads? I mean, is this a phenomenon that might grow? So it's not enough just saying that, look in the corner. You've got to spend a little bit more time in the corner. And then you can start figuring out and at least, at least get from a list of 100 topics to 10. Yeah. And then you can start doing something with it. Yeah. But, mo but, but most companies don't do that. They don't even get the 100 list, as you say. Yeah. And well, at this moment, I bet my head off. We have unusually interesting disruptive times at this moment. Simply because it's ripe for changes. Yeah. I wanted to come back on a point that Ralph made about like the travel industry not responding. I mean, we're very heavily invested in, in um, disrupting the broadcast industry, actually. Oh, That's yeah. what you see here. Yeah. We have a system to take on the They're terrible. I mean, they're still using stuff from the, from the early 90s. They won't move. And like Ralph says, a lot of the time, like the travel industry, industry people i suspect they probably haven't got a clue what to do how how, how do i do a virtual tour who, who do i pay where, where i don't even know who to call and they just sit there like that and we see that with broadcasters as well you know we, we've brought in a technology where you can be far more productive that will make you the first notification on the telephone because you're fast and therefore you're first yeah. oh but we don't want to replace all of this and i don't know how to solve that Henrik, if you can help me with that, I'd be very grateful. Well, uh, the book I'm working on now is about competence development and it heavily relates to that because you're right. I mean, and it doesn't help if I claim things like they should have spent more time on technology before. <laughs> they shouldn't be surprised that technology can give them this option nowadays. They should have taken the earlier steps of learning things so it doesn't get too complicated at this moment. It doesn't help if I say all that. I just confirm what's in your head, right? <laughs> so, so how to make them... I think it comes down to curiosity. I'm not taking too, too, too many steps too fast. But Henrik, uh, can I, this is where I suppose I, I feel a strong cue coming there because because this is what you can see all over the, the, the in, in the, the competence development uh, uh, type, but there's a certain type of competence development going on all the time, which is the thing that the, the, the type we all we all sort of take for not for granted, but we think it's important to learn how teams work and this and that and that's sort of understanding based competence development. But what I think Adam uh, actually, the case that that you Adam put for, forward here is where where there are actually no models for for doing things. I mean, you you can't conceive of what you have never experienced in in, in a way. It's what that is why, why what I took from 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 your your, your point there that that and I I know this from our our researchers research partners in Maastricht also who work on education. When they say that, look, there are an awful lot of people in, in working life who have never heard what it actually can sound like when a team is in flow, when a team is really going places. So they, they don't know. They, they don't know what good communication sounds like. And, and, and in a way, I think that that's where we are now. We need to, 
and I, this is Hendrik, you are in fact a very good example of that. In, in, in another topic for another session is actually where the understanding how you yourself make put your students into play situations where they can actually experience uh, the, the, well disruption, I suppose, in a way, but digitalization also. You don't you don't preach, you don't lecture. I mean, you do that too. I'm quite sure because otherwise you wouldn't get paid from. But 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 I think that 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 the most importantly, what you do is you make them actually experience the thing. And in a way, I I feel really that is what we are missing. That's the sort of that's the sort of of I don't know if it's development or whatever it should be called. But but uh, we um, marinating people in in actually becoming feeling and understanding something getting it well their their learning experience is a very very old concept of 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 education and it feel it comes back here too they need learning experiences of 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 in in broadcast for instance that was mentioned here sorry for going off yeah no trying, that's... To, trying to answer adam a little bit better than i did previously i think it's it's the carrot and the stick at the same time. And if you bring too much carrot into it, it's not going to help. If you bring too much stick into it, it doesn't help. Here's the best stick I know. Just so we all know, Darwin is going to fix this over time for us. We're going to be out of job if we don't shape up. Simple as that. We already know that. It comes down to everyone. That's the, that's the stick story, right? <laughs> you can scare people. Uh, because seriously, Darwin will fix this over time. I, either we follow what, what we can do or, or we, we don't. Um, I think the, the carrot story is a little bit better. Here, here is one that I tried quite often. Are we all aware of that this is actually a moon lander? Yes, we heard it. We heard nearly everyone has heard that the computer power in a mobile phone is equal to a moon lander. Has anyone of us seriously understood what that meant? I took a literally a trip to the moon lander in Washington and knocked on it to get the feeling of what that meant. And then I was thinking for a couple of days, would I dare to fly to the moon with only this one to, to help me out? If this is a moon lander, I cannot even be close to utilizing the power in it. I cannot. Most people don't even know how to Google. <laughs> so, and to me, that is a, is a carrot version of, of the same story. Wow, we have all these possibilities in our hand. Why do we cling on to the old solutions? They're just bad. Why do we care about them? They're just bad compared to what new we can build. How interesting life can be. How, 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 how much better we can do. But I think... You know, I mean, I don't want to hijack the conversation or anything, but it's a bit like, I mean, it's, this is very generic. That the, situation, yes. the situation is that we come in with a new technology that nobody understands. It means less engineers. It probably means more journalists. It probably means that there's a power shift somewhere in the, in the back engine room, which has been there since the beginning of time, since yes. the trucks were built originally in the 60s. That You know, you have an engineer for this bit and an engineer for that bit. And, but that change is severe. And the people making the decisions to buy are the engineers. And of course, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not turkeys voting for Christmas. 
and so you end up in a in a really difficult position because i can't reach the people at the top because i've got to go through the engineers yes and that's just horrific yeah i think what you're pinpointing is on one hand making this tremendous change you need to start from the top but you very rarely can do that and you also know that you cannot really start at the bottom because it's part partly it's too slow i have in my i wrote a previous book about this and there i have a metaphor i call it blowing balloons identify the individuals in the organization they could be on the board in the management team in the corridors whoever who, who got the message and blow them up meaning support them give them more energy more and then it's going to work like blowing up balloons in a room after a while it's going to push the old stuff out i think that's a great metaphor for 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 how to actually do this in reality we cannot do this straight line. You cannot do it up, down, 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 up, or up, down. So you've got to take what is. And in all these organizations, there are some people who, who are not afraid, who, who, who think this is tremendously interesting and that a lot of people don't care about, but they need, they need support, they need power, uh, they need to get confirmation to take the next step, they need to spread. I think they are the ones to, to go for it. Uh, it doesn't become the perfect project plan, <laughs> but I think it works. I'm here for the analogies, so I'm very happy. I've got lots there. Did, did it work? <laughs> Blowing <laughs> balloons, did it work? And the river with the rocks, because it's very much like that too, so that's great. I'm very happy. Well, I'll give you another one that you might have use of. The Fool at King's Court. I consider myself a lot of uh, like the fool at King, King's Court. The fool was the funny person that worked for the king. And what we normally think about the, the fool is it was a joking person. But it was also the only person in the court that could say the really important stuff to the king. It goes two ways. Smile and show your teeth at the same time. Yeah. It's okay Look. if you laugh at me. <laughs> Look, this is also, I'm, oh, no, I'm handing out a request oh, no, to you no. now, Bo, that there's another session to be had on, on leading disruption or rather facil facilitating disruption. I mean, we have a lot of talk about technology. We have quite a few business models now emerging from Blue Ocean to Christensen to, to uh, Lean Startup to whatnot. But, but my, my gut feel is that not much is happening within leadership theory at least that's visible so so there's a cue for you to have another hour on that but yeah. that's not today look uh, a final question henrik or, or actually two but I'll, I'll i'll tweak them into one how how important is timing and how important is size first of all is is it important to be the first one to disrupt an industry uh, as we see adams having a lot of headache now trying to do that or is it better to come in second and third and, and let some other guys do the hard job. And second of all, is it possible for a small company or for a small actor in the marketplace to actually have a meaningful impact by way of thinking in terms of disruption? Do you have to be the Googles and the Amazons and do you have to be first? Um, th there is a first mover advantage in all major kind of change, no matter what it is. But, but you can actually question who is the first mover. Spotify did, was not the first one going for streaming and music. Rhapsody did it seven years earlier. Timing matters, yes. Sometimes you're actually too early. 
I did e-learning in the early 1990s, didn't work that well. Physically distributing DVD records all over the globe to people that, by the way, did not even have a computer. And if they had, they didn't know how to use it. That was too early. <laughs> so timing, yes, matters. Yeah. And timing is nothing you can, you can, you cannot theorize because it's, it's situation specific. There is no model for figuring out when is the right time for something. But timing matters. That always does. There is a first mover advantage, but you can, you can seriously think of who's actually the first mover here. Uh, if you're really smart, of course, it's better to, to let the other ones do the hard work and come in afterwards and cherry pick. Yep. Um, but it's, I would not suggest it simply because I think it's, I don't think I am smart enough. You really got to be smart. It's like <laughs> a friend of me told me once that there are only two ways to, to go down a river with a canoe and survive. And he said, either you paddle faster than the water or slower than the water. If you follow the same speed as the water, you, you cannot control the canoe. There's no way to steer it. And I instinctively came up with my conclusion, there's only one way, he's wrong. And to me, in my head, it was paddle faster than the other ones. But he said it was dead clear to paddle slowest. And then we had a huge discussion on that. Could, how could you even have that idea? And he gave me a lot of arguments. And one was saving energy, right? And I've been thinking about that for years since. I have a final argument for, for being the fastest. And that is, if you paddle slower than the water, you, you don't get power enough in order to decide where to end up. There are less options for you than if you control the situation. Um, so, so I still cling on to, but, but it comes down to personalities. I think I'm a risk, I'm a, I'm a rather risk interested person. Some people are not risk takers. Nope. Uh, so I think it, it relates also to who you, who you are. And some companies are, are willing to take risks. Some, some, some companies prefer to play defense. It's in their genes. So I think both could work, but I would, in my case, never chose to be second because I get the feeling of not being able to control what's happening. It's like a storm. I want to control as much as possible when I enter into a storm, but I can be wrong. And if you're really smart, I would definitely suggest don't work as hard as me, meaning, meaning be second, but smart. Was that an answer to your question? Yeah, it's a good enough answer. It certainly is. Yeah. Well, now we look, have about one one minute for for drawing all of these together. Is that okay? I thought you would, Bo, but but fair no, enough. No, no. No, I'm... no I, I think I'm I'm really happy. Let me just say that while you think about what to say next, uh, I I I think what is really great, Hendrik, is that you have achieved with your your you you created here and with your with your reasoning here to, to, with us today. I mean, the book is seriously about music, and make no mistake, if you haven't read it, and I, I, I encourage you to have, have a look at it, but you will also get, you, you will learn so much about music that you never knew that you need to know, know all of that. But anyway, I think it, what, what, for me, this was a very good understanding what, what this is really all about and, and, and the anal analogy situation. Thank you very much for sharing, Hendrik.
your 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 viewers. Also, thank you, Adam, for just jumping in and disrupting our our session here. That was exactly what was was very good and very called for. Thank you very much for that. And 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 uh, for all of us uh, joining in, Ralph, do you have any wise words before yeah, we go of, into? Of course I do, Bo. I'm I'm supposed to have a couple of wise words, otherwise I wouldn't be here. So yeah. No, look, no, it's it's been a great session, and I I, I do appreciate all the comments. Uh, just a couple of, way, of personal takeaways. For, first of all, technology isn't disrupting anything, and structure isn't disrupting anything. It's actually the the end user, the consumer, the customer who is disrupting industries. So when, if and when customer behavior changes, disruption will happen. But it's up to you to really help your your customers to do that. And the second lesson this is very much echoing you, Bo, and based on reading your book, Henrik. I think it's useful to look outside your own industry to get a grip of what disruption might be within your own industry. So look elsewhere in order to, to understand what you're doing on a, on, in your daily life and in your organizations. And I think that's about it, Bo. What do you reckon? Let's. I was, that was amazing. I am, guys, thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to a Talent Miles Talks podcast produced by Talent Miles the company using digital approaches to create more dialogue and learning in teams and faster change in companies. Learn more at www.talentmiles.pro.